I started trading the stock market as a penny stock trader, trying to get the quickest return possible. And one of my biggest losses was a quarter million dollars in one day. And I told myself, I'm never doing that again. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You got with you today, the Knucklehead Stephen. So first of all, it's it's been some time since we've had an opportunity to share kind of the depth of story that we're going to get into today. And I, you know, I don't know all of Tay's background or story here, but what I do know is as we were talking just before we hit the record button, uh, he shared something that's pivotal to me. And quite frankly, we've had guests come on before and share some of their stories relative to some financial hardships and, and some some things that they've had to overcome. Life presents you nothing but challenges. And quite frankly, it's just like working out. You're going to get stronger if you're able to overcome it. Sometimes things will cripple you and you have to go seek outside help. Tay, I really like how the, the way that he just kind of said, hey, he had to go talk to his mom and his mom was able to kind of help support him during that time. Not everybody even has that. So it's pretty powerful. I think what we're going to get into here a little bit today. So Tay, Sweat, I appreciate you taking some time. How are you doing today, buddy? Oh, life's great, man. I, I appreciate you having me. Um, yeah, this this is going to be a good one. Uh, so I love talking about this story because I think it can help a lot of people out there. So um, yeah, let's get into it, man. All right, Tay. Well, I appreciate that. So I, that's the point. So that's the point is to to help folks, but to a certain extent, and you you tell me, talking about things like this to people, do you find that there's some type of therapeutic value for you, or some type of you know analysis that you can go back if you go back to you know stories or struggles like this? Does it does it reveal things to you also, or or do you feel like it's uh, you know it's solely just on the listener side where there's benefit? Um, it's definitely therapeutic to me. In, in many ways, one, I, you know, we all kind of tend to get wrapped up in our day to day, you know, grind, if you will. And a lot of times I forget that I've been through a lot of this stuff, to be honest. And sometimes I may just be sitting and being a brat and I may just say, man, things aren't going well for me right now. Or, you know, <laughs> I can't believe this just happened. And then when I tell that story, I think back, wow things have gotten a lot better than, you know, I, I, I was sleeping on my mom's floor, you know, 12 years ago. <laughs> so when I think about it and I tell that story, it brings a sense of gratitude over me. And I just kind of fade in the background and go, you know what? Life's great. What are you complaining about? Do you feel like, uh, first of all, I appreciate that. I appreciate that candor. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not a lot of people that, um, that have experienced a financial hardship. Some people, that's where they start from. Right. When they hear things like I was sleeping on my mom's floor or their couch or whatever the case may be, they that's that's where sometimes where people start from. Sometimes they start from a situation where they're 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 all over at a buddy's house and sleeping on the floor <laughs> right. or on a couch for a little while. And uh, Ben Franklin said a long time ago, he said the only thing that uh, whether both, both fish and guests stink after three days. So it's like you're, <laughs> you're right. just you get, you're on a, you're on a on a clicking time clock that it's, it's it's time to get out of the house here pretty quick. So tell people a little bit about you kind of what you're doing, what you're up to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then let's go back a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about that, that story, what led to it and what forced you to have to go uh, stay with your mom for a bit. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, current or present day, um, I've been blessed to be able to start run and even exit a little, uh, three, three now, three multi-million dollar businesses, 
uh, which I still own and run one. We call it Secure the Bank. I am a full-time investor, real estate, stock market, and just overall, just a happy guy. <laughs> um, so that's my present day, who I am and, and what I'm doing currently. I know you asked me, you know, how we got started, though. How, how do we get here? Yeah, there's there's when people hear that, and I don't want to interrupt you, but I, I do want to interject. A lot of times people hear, you know, even just what you just described and they'll shut off in a way. It's like they it's like mm-hmm. scrolling on a on a Facebook feed or a social media feed. Mm-hmm. They'll see something that somebody's posted and everybody shares the highlights. Nobody shares you know, the shit that we all kind of, you know, to, for you a, you'd asked me a little bit about cussing earlier. There you go. <laughs> it happens. So sometimes those obstacles, they, they force us to stop, right? And that, you mm-hmm. know, as well as I do, a lot of times success is predicated based off of momentum and, you know, in the aggregate of your team and how you're able to develop the inertia to overcome some of those obstacles. Mm-hmm. So talk through a little bit about what got you to that point back in the day and what you've done since then. Absolutely. You know, for me, there, there were a few things that, got me through the turmoil, the, the, you know, hardship, the rough times. And that was knowing that I was always told, and, and I still wholeheartedly believe this, that as long as you do right by people and you work hard, you're going to make it, you're going to make it, you're going to be, you're going to have some form of success. You're going to actually make it to the other side. So going through everything that I've been through, the, you know, the <laughs> horrible bankruptcy that I had to go through, sleeping on my mom's floor, not having a job. I mean, literally fasting. I, one of the ways I made through a lot of this uh, rough times is I used to fast a lot. Uh, literally, I would only eat three times a week. So I would fast 48 to 72 hours, and then I would eat. And then I would fast another 48 to 72 hours, and I would eat. And it worked for me physically. You know, I was in great shape. <laughs> but, you know, it was more so out of a necessity because I didn't have a lot of money to eat. And I didn't want to be that burden on my mom as a grown man, you know, already sleeping on the floor. So for me, you know, watching the people around me who were doing right by people who were working hard and seeing them get the result, it was more fuel for me to say, hey, if you do right by people and you continue to do the hard work, you'll get that same result. And I followed that path. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, absolutely. Where did you learn that from? Well, I I worked a job. Uh, it was a warehouse. I worked at a warehouse, um, a grocery uh, fulfillment center. And there was a guy there, older guy. Reggie was his name. I'll never forget him. He had been working at this warehouse for like 20 plus years. And he goes, Tay, I see something good in you. You do a good job at, you know, at, at work. You seem to have a you know good head on your on your shoulders. Something I want you to know is, as long as you continue that up, you do right by people, and you continue to work hard, you'll get everything you want in life. And at the moment, I thought, oh, you know, not, maybe not everything, but it sounds good. <laughs> but it stuck with me. It really did. It stuck with me. And this was you know almost fifteen years ago, and I still live by that to this day. That's incredible. So I have to ask, given the age discrepancy between what I perceive Reggie to be and you, did you kind of chalk it up to, all right, old man, like that sounds good, but I'm not, I'm not interested. It, that doesn't help me eat today as opposed to right. understanding how to apply that in your life, which eventually will, you know, will feed you over time. But how, did you, did you find yourself struggling to apply what he was saying or, or did you have an appreciation for what he was trying to do? I definitely had a, uh, an appreciation for it 
if if I had to say any hesitation was there, I asked myself, well, if that works, then why the hell are you still in this warehouse at this old age? <laughs> right? <laughs> because it sounds good. Yeah. But you're not showing me the result of it because you're still here with me. And you you know, you're 30 years older than I am. So I did have a issue with that. Do you, do you find that that's, and I appreciate you sharing that because that's the toughest, one of the mm-hmm. toughest things to do is to admit, like, it sounds good, but obviously this, this mm-hmm. principle foot was so effective, it would be working for you. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and yet mm-hmm. we started this whole podcast talking a little bit about how on the way that most people communicate nowadays through social media, the, a mm-hmm. lack of, you know, intimate personal relationships or extended business relationships. They, there's not a whole lot of depth in some cases to the, the way that we interact with folks. Right. It's like we're forced to interact through highlights as opposed to understanding the substance behind what it is that we're doing. So Reggie, mm-hmm. although he wasn't able necessarily to apply it the same way that you are able to, you still had an appreciation. What do you feel like gave you that ability to kind of see past his lack of perceived success at the time? You know, it, it spoke to me in a way that it just logically made sense. So I, I started, you know, kind of going through scenarios saying, well, why wouldn't I have what I want in life if I'm doing right by people and working hard, right? It just kind of made sense. And I just started thinking, okay, well, I see Reggie's in this position. He's an older guy. He's working the same job I work. He told me if I do right by people and work hard that I could get whatever I wanted. He doesn't have whatever he wants. So what I then started to do is I, I started to think, okay, he's not doing right by people or he's not working hard. That's a good lesson. That's a good lesson. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's a that's a really Absolutely. good lesson. So I appreciate you sharing that. So uh, all right. So we're, let's fast forward a little bit. So you're able to you know to take the grocery store position. Which let's be honest, if you're willing to work in a grocery store distribution center, your struggle is not necessarily working hard, especially at a young age, because you have an appreciation right. you have an appreciation for what is not a great way to spend every day. You're just like, okay, I got to do something else here. Uh, I completely understand that. I used to work in the concrete business and I've worked on farms before. And I tell you what, there's a shelf life. I can't do that my entire Mm -hmm. life. And I know that, you know what I'm saying? So uh, fast forward a little bit, tell us what, what got you to that point where you had no income and you had no other options other than to move back into your, to your mom's place. And then how did you kind of get what we call here knucklehead, get some wins, which is developing small momentum and realizing that you don't be beta. You can't be a beta about the process. You got to be willing mm-hmm. to be alpha and essentially humble yourself a bit, which we define alpha as somebody who's humble, somebody who's actually been able mm-hmm. to tell themselves what to do and not search for accolades and, and just right. iteratively get to where it is they want to go to develop that inertia necessary. So to talk us a little bit about how you kind of got some wins, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, it's a great question. There's a meme um, that's circulating around nowadays where there's a guy stuck on an island and he has uh, some wood. And on one side, he uses the wood to spell out help. And he's sitting under a tree kind of rocking like, help me, please. And on the other side, the other guy takes the wood and he builds a raft and he's rowing himself off the island. And for me, I was the guy, and I, I've always been this way. I refused to just sit and rot away. So what I was looking for was signs of, you know, like you said, wins. I was looking for signs of, hey, you're doing the right thing. Keep going. And 
I stayed on my mom's floor for a while and I went and actually started personal training. So, you know, I talked about fasting not too long ago. Well, the fasting resulted me in having like very low body fat. I was jacked because I was doing pushups every day. And, you know, the people were like, well, what are you doing? So I said, well, I'm not eating and I'm working out. <laughs> and people started asking me to train them. Well, I, I, I'm just I'm just listening here. I got one of my buddies. Uh, this is going back to Okinawa days, Marine Corps, Maurice, mm-hmm. Mr. Maurice. Uh, we call this the Daniel fast of what you're talking about. Not, not, that's not always a Daniel fast, but it was like that where you're, you're essentially on nuts. Like you, you, that's it. That's all you eat for a little while. And Absolutely. I lasted like 20 minutes. I'm kidding. But you know, I lasted very, very short period of time. You lasted right. voluntarily for quite some time. So good on you. All right. So you start, people started looking at you like, Oh my gosh, what, what are you doing? Obviously you're in great physical condition. So you leveraged the crappy set of circumstances to go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and help you get, I guess, either get new clients or, I mean, let's, let's, let's be real specific about this just for a second. So does that mean that you, you trained people, you took a portion of that money and, and stowed it away because you didn't want to have to go live on mm-hmm. mom's couch again, or to talk to people a little bit about how you developed the framework there to, you know, to set a good foundation for yourself? Absolutely. So, um, so I started training people, like you said, you know, just kind of sneaking because a lot of big box gyms don't allow you to train, right? You know, (laughs) they don't like that. (laughs) So I'm sneaking around and I'm training people, you know, I don't have any certifications, but you know, I'm just around the way street trainer, right? It's like, Hey, you know, you look great. Train me. I'm charging, you know, 20 bucks a session, you know, nothing crazy. And yeah, I'm stowing all the money away. I'm literally just putting it away, saving it. And I didn't rush out of mom's place though. Because my mindset was, when I leave, I'm gone for good. I'm never coming back here. How old were you when this was happening? Uh, at this time, I was about 21, 22. Yeah, 21, 22. Do you find that there's some similarities at that age, you know, with people that you work with? You mentioned being an investor. And so, mm-hmm. and seeing today's world, uh, when I say today's world, I'm talking about the perceived world, folks from the outside, not necessarily the the close personal relationships that you have. Do you find that there's, you know, that younger mindset, 21, 22 years old, that that's still mm-hmm. something that you see people struggling with then to, cause they don't see the long term, you know, one to three years uh, in advance or five to 10 years or 20 years seems just so forever that, you know, nothing of what you do today matters or impacts you 20 years from now, which you and I both know is completely not true. It mm-hmm. absolutely does. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So, yeah, um, yeah, you're spot on. That's exactly what I see, and, and on both on both ends. So I see it where you know, hey, what I do today really doesn't matter in the future. I need today, but I also see the other side where they're they're basically saying, "Look, I just want to be rich now. How can I grab you know some type of Bitcoin or some type of you know investment that I could grab it and it goes to the moon today, and I get rich today." And I see this so often and, you know, I, I've heard a saying that I love, I absolutely love. And it goes, when you aim to get rich quick, you stay poor long. And that just, I mean, it's so true. <laughs> I, I haven't heard it said like that, but that makes, that makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting about doing right by people. Maurice, that guy, that gentleman I just referenced a little bit earlier, uh, I don't feel like I did right by them, by him. It just, you know, you, you end up being, 
or at least I was, I was immature. The people that were trying to help craft and like develop lessons for me as I was growing up, you just, at some point, you're, at least my immaturity led to, you know, a fracturing or at least a, maybe a lack of growth in that relationship that could have been, you know, something long-term could have been right. significantly better, which is the whole point why we started this show. We started this as a mm-hmm. podcast to say, listen, you know, let the taste, the taste sweats of the world come in and, and share some of their wisdom that helped get them that incremental success that led to the long-term success. Mm-hmm. Um, so t- talk real quick then about how you came across your first, what you would say maybe long-term investment deal, or was it your business that you started that you sold and exited that you, that you were just talking about? Well, I'm going to give you two. So I'm going to give you one that failed and, okay. you know, pushed me back. Cause I, you know, in the spirit of talking about our failures, I just feel it's, it's right to talk about it. So right, let's talk about it. So I get out of my mom's place, you know, we're going to fast forward through that. I start making decent money. I'm still piling away. We have a saying where I come from that says, stay down until you come up, which basically means, hey, don't buy any BS. Don't take money and buy things you can't afford. Save it and continue to reinvest into your lifestyle or into your, you know, your life that you're trying to, you know, work into. So I have uh, my best friend and I are roommates because I didn't want to pay my own, you know, yeah, I don't want to be a single person staying in my own place. I could have a roommate and split the bills. So I'm still being frugal, but I have a lot of money saved up. And we meet a guy who wants to go in on a car lot together, a car service where, you know, he's like, hey, I have a broker's uh, or a dealership's license. I can go get cars for wholesale. I just need the capital. I already have the land. We can start a car lot. We'll go from there. We'll be, you know, third partners. So my best friend and I, who are roommates now, we give this guy 30K, uh, 15K each. We give him 30K. And long story short, the guy runs off on us. <laughs> 30K. <laughs> it hurt. I mean, it may as well have been a million dollars then. I mean. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's a gut punch. So, mm-hmm. so let's, let's talk real quick about that. Did it teach you to not trust people, to trust people? Did it teach you the vetting process? What, what lesson did you learn from that? Because that's a... That's a painful lesson, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting, my, I'm moving around in my chair a little bit here going, that just, it makes me sick to my stomach to hear things like yeah. that. But Seriously, I hear what you're saying. It, it sours you, right? You know, it soured me for a while, both of us. And what I took out of it was, hey, invest in yourself. Just keep putting it into you. I was given that money in hopes that he would go work for me. He would bring us the money. He would, you know, use that money and turn it over. And what it taught me was that, hey, you need to turn it over. You are the best investment that you have because it's your money and nobody's going to work for your money like you because you are, you worked for it, right? You work to earn it. You care for it. It's something that you want to do right by. So it taught me, you know, as I went on, okay, from here on out, the investment is going to me. So that that led me to hiring coaches and, you know, literally trying to figure out how to level up seminars, coaches, uh, online programs, you name it. I was willing to spend whatever it took as long as I was going to be the investment. And honestly, I'm glad that happened uh, because it, it takes responsibility and puts it back in your court. Hey, you have to be responsible for this money, not that guy. So it, it was, uh, it, it happened for me, not to me. That's one of the things I always tell people. It, it happened for me. It's a subtle difference, but the difference is 
it may sound subtle on the surface, but the reality mm-hmm. is, is the difference between both of those perspectives. We've heard a lot of people who've listened to this podcast before talk about the difference between the victim or victor mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, a buddy of mine named Davin here in Dallas, he's a COO for, you know, a healthcare organization, but he's also, a, you know, an army ranger and a first sergeant. Uh, mm-hmm. He talks a little bit about you know, that difference, he actually was having a conversation with some National Front guys, uh, the Jaco Willenick and Leif Babin uh, crews, the Navy SEALs that, that fought essentially back in the in Iraq and changed the whole uh, trajectory of that particular war, mm-hmm. essentially on that mindset of how can you have a forward posture? Uh, and there's a difference between having a forward mm-hmm. posture and coming across as aggressive and and, um, right. uh, you know, arrogant in a way, but just just more so mm-hmm. the difference between life happening for you versus to you. Mm-hmm. What gave you that perspective? Was it was it those courses or was it the, the decision to go invest in yourself and not end up back on your mom's couch? Yeah, that that's exactly it. You know, what led me to that mindset was the same mindset I told you where you had the guy who he's spelling out help and sitting on an island versus the guy who's going to build it and go get it. He's going to make a way for himself. That same mindset is what told me, hey, you got to go get it for yourself. Nobody's going to show up for you now. It's up to you to protect your money. It's up to you to grow your money. And it's up to you to invest it the right way. And it it led me, I heard, and now at this point, I'm reading more, you know, uh, self-help books, you know, Grant Cardone. I'm listening to this guy, you know, talk about, you know, at first I thought this, I'm like, who's this guy? You know, he's, he's, he sounds good, but he sounds like a salesman. Right. But I learned to like him because he had a lot of good information. And one of the things Grant Cardone, he, I heard him say, he goes, he goes, Hey man, he's like, at any given time, no matter what's happening, it's your fault. No matter what happens to you in your life, it's your fault. And I took that personally and I started to think, hmm, well, if it's my fault, then I'm going to make sure it's a victorious outcome, right? We're going to get victory here. So the victory is my fault versus failure. I can't point to anybody for the failure. That's going to be my fault too. And I don't like to fail. So it led me down another path. A hundred percent. What most people would say is as generic as as that phrase sounds, it's mm-hmm. very specific. It, mm-hmm. it, it is not generic at all. It's 100%, right. you know, sitting in your current set of circumstances, you know, looking, uh, looking as if, you know, it's off in the distance, whatever it is that you want right. to uh, uh, accomplish, when really it, it is as simple as, as simply just moving forward. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, it's not necessarily going to be a straight path. I mean, quite frankly, right. part of the reason why we're talking is because, there was a scenic route even to get this time blocked for you and I, right? But it, it, it is what it is. You know, it is mm-hmm. what it is. So just real quick then, tell people about uh, some of the successes that you've had, right? Not necessarily the, uh, you don't necessarily need to dive into numbers, but talk about, mm-hmm. you know, some of the relationships that have come from, you know, you deciding to take that advice personally and, mm-hmm. and kind of where you see yourself and maybe what role goal setting has played in you being where you're at today. Absolutely. Uh, and it's funny you say the goal setting situation was where I started. And one of the things I started to learn as I got more into like the self-help books and reading more is that your circle, your network is everything. Right. Show me five of your friends and I'll show you what you're going to be. <laughs> and I started to take that personal. So I started to not necessarily change 
it's, it's a very difference. It's a distinct difference between changing your circle and your circle changing itself. So I just changed who I was and my circle around me started to change because my friends who were maybe lazy or maybe wanted to go out and party and want to club and do all these other things. When I stop clubbing, when I stop, you know, eating a certain diet, I don't eat McDonald's anymore. I don't go out, you know, I take care of my health. I work out when they don't do that. They stop calling me, right? They stop, they stop reaching out. And what happened was I saw other like-minded people at the gym or at, you know, co-working spaces or at Starbucks, wherever. And we started to attach and the circle started to change. And, you know, some of my biggest, and I, I, because I'm a really big, I'm big on, you know, family and friends. Some of my friends and some people who I could pick up the phone and call right now are, you know, eight figure earners, you know, CEOs of companies. I even have a couple billionaires on my phone. And that to me, as a friend, to have those people as contacts, that is a huge accomplishment for me. You know, I, of course I've done some great things, but my friend circle, I love them. <laughs> I love my friends and I, I definitely uh, look at them as this landmark where I, I reached this point of successful friends. So um, that in addition to just the things that I've been able to do to help other people, right? You know, the businesses that I've grown over the time, uh, the last 10 years, they have always been geared to service of others. So the personal training that I started with back, you know, kind of training people off the street. Well, I reinvested in myself more and more. I became a nutritionist, a certified trainer, and I actually grew an online business about, yeah, almost 10 years ago. That business ended up turning into a million dollar a year business and it ran for years. And the beauty about that outside of the money is the fact that I was able to work with over 15,000 people and change the trajectory of their health for their friends, their family. I mean, a lot of, I've been with people who say, Hey, I have this amount of time to live. And we've been able to extend their life just because of habits that we were able to change diet, um, you know, lifestyle, being more active. Those things to me, you know, the money's great. Don't get me wrong. I love money. I think we all do deep down, but the things that I was able to do and help people hands down, I, I mean, it, it's very special to me. Well, it sounds like there's a couple things. Just It sounds as if you, when you started taking your eyes off of you, right? For instance, mm-hmm. you just took your eyes off yourself and started viewing on, on other people, their value increased, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in turn, doing that enough, you're going to receive some of that back, whether it's from them or somebody else who comes into your right. life there. So it sounds as if, you know, some of the simple principles of what you learned I'm, I'm going to imagine in some of these self-help books uh, are, it's not just words on, on a piece of paper. You were able to apply it by going and focusing on some other folks and also able to focus your attention on helping other people change some small things in their life. Uh, a buddy of mine, Greg Clunas, uh, who's been a, a guest on the podcast before, uh, he actually has a podcast called uh, Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, right? And yeah. so it's essentially okay. those small things and mm-hmm. it ends up netting gigantic returns, um, not just that you can measure monetarily, but sometimes that you can measure 
uh, in your health, in your perspective, mm-hmm. in your daily routine. So, Tay, mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to share. And obviously, there's some challenges associated with growing a 15,000 you know, membership type business and you know, exiting and moving on to the next business and then being able to take that and apply the returns from that to essentially shore up your baseline and, and, and broaden your foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen that there's, you know, let's, let's wrap with this maybe. W- what are some, some challenges that you didn't anticipate, you know, years ago, looking back at your situation or looking at your situation now that you're thankful that you've gone through that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that you feel like is going to help project you to the next level if in fact that's where you want to go? Absolutely. Uh, another great question, man. I, I, I have one in mind. When I started to accumulate more money than I needed to live, I kind of got a little, um, a little too happy with it. And I, you know, still in the mind of investing, but I, I also lean to the side of, Hey, maybe I can get some quick flips from this money. I started trading the stock market as a penny stock trader. I was trading penny stocks, trying to get the quickest return possible. And I did great at it. Don't get me wrong. But one of my biggest losses was a quarter million dollars in one day, lost a quarter million in one day. And I told myself, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> How can I? <laughs> That's a quarter million dollar lesson that uh, not everybody gets to learn. So uh, listen right. up. So you lost a, lost a boatload of cash in yes. one day. That thirty thousand made me want to vomit. That makes me want to vomit twice. My goodness. So all right, yes. I, that makes sense. Yes, you tell yourself not to do that again. But how did you how did you put some parameters in terms of self-discipline or or checks and balances to make sure that that doesn't happen again? Right. And, and, you know, so for me, it was let's, you know, reverse engineer this thing. How did you lose the money? What went wrong? How can we make sure that doesn't go wrong again? And one of the, the few things that I started to notice is, okay, number one, time was not on your side. You did not give yourself enough time. Number two, you you entered into a stock that was crappy. We knew this stock was not good. It was a stock. It was a gamble. It was something that was a, essentially a bankrupt stock or, or company. We knew that wasn't coming back. Why would you put your money there? Right. And I started to reverse engineer these things and I put roadblocks in for each one of these. Hey, you can't do this again. This is not happening again. And this is not happening. So I kind of flipped it. I said, okay, well, we'll invest in quality companies. We'll give ourselves a a lot more time (laughs) and we'll make sure we take more of the responsibility once again. What can I do to make sure I'm going in at the right, right position, right place, right time? So once again, I took some of that money. I said, hey, go hire someone to teach you this stuff. And so I met a guy, um, luckily, yeah, I just, the universe kind of came together. I met a guy, he was a seven figure a year trader. I said, Hey, teach me some of the things, you know, I'll pay you. I paid him money. And before you know it, between the parameters I set for myself and what he taught me, it allowed me to really come up with a really, uh, solid idea of how I wanted to trade, how I wanted to invest and, you know, I haven't taken that much of a loss since then. So uh, it's, it's been a good. good lesson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a very expensive lesson, but a lesson oh, nonetheless. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. that's the point. And, and quite frankly, hearing people who run around uh, in different circles, there's not they don't always include the dollar amount. So appreciate you sharing some of those mm-hmm. some of those details, because quite frankly, it's a uh, it sounds crazy to think about losing that amount of money in a day that you know, most people work years for, right? But the reality right. is, is 
when you change the way you're playing, you change essentially mm-hmm. some of the characteristics and some of the factors that people make decisions. And they, when you play at a different level, that's that's normal. Mm-hmm. When people hear things like Terry Bradshaw and Terry, Charles Barkley talking about some of the money that they've you know lost in gambling or in racehorses, um, it's almost unrelatable in a way. Right. But, well, they're actually, let's be honest, it is unrelatable. Like it's, yeah. it's you know, Warren Sapp said a long time ago before he declared bankruptcy, it was, you know, he was talking about you get paid a king's ransom and play a kid's game. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're not always taught necessarily the the infrastructure, the systems and administration and processes that are necessary in order to play at that same level. So, Tay, I appreciate you taking some time to share some of your story, but then also just to, you know, be willing to, uh, to open yourself up. What's the best way for people to... I mean, if they're listening to this podcast and they're they're experiencing or they're about ready to experience some of the things that you're talking about here, what's the best way for folks to get in touch with you? Absolutely, man. You can find me uh, most active on Instagram at Tay Sweat, T-A-Y-S-W-E-A-T. I'm there pretty much all day, every day. That's why I spend most of my time. I have a lot of people who, you know, ask questions and, you know, I try to answer DMs. Don't let the followers fool you. I still answer my DMs at a million followers. <laughs> so I just That's do awesome. what I can to help. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So Instagram. So essentially the price of admission, it, it, it costs nobody anything to listen to something like this. However, the price of, of listening, our ask is just to, to take that challenge that Tate essentially just said. Go to his Instagram. You know, go follow him. If you're not following him and you're not actually subscribed to Knucklehead Podcast, those are your first two steps. Go subscribe to Knucklehead Podcast. Let us know how much you like our guests and how bad the uh, the host sounds. He, he stutters too much. That's that's Steven. That's that's his claim to fame there. Get it. And then the second thing is go to Instagram and go follow Tay Sweat and go shoot him a message. Say, hey, man, I heard you on Knucklehead. I appreciate you sharing some of this stuff. I'm going through something similar. Or, hey, listen, Tay, what book did you read? Help me understand what you took from what Grant Cardone had to say other than, you know, everything that's happening. It's my fault. That's essentially the price of admission for for today's show. So, Tay, I appreciate you doing that and sharing also the best way to get in touch with you. Anything else you want to leave these folks with before we jam? Absolutely, man. Um, You know, I just want to continue to knock on the door of that investment in self. If you are lost, if you don't know where to go, if you are down and out right now, just remember, you are your biggest investment. Time and money. Put it into yourself. There you go. I appreciate that. For those of you who like listening to Knucklehead, listen, we got new episodes coming at you just about every Tuesday. And the new ones do come on Tuesday. So anyway, I appreciate Tay, you taking some time. For everybody who does like listening to Knucklehead, remember, don't be a bait about the process. Go ahead and get you some wins. And for those of you who'd listen to today's episode, make sure you go over to Instagram. Tay, it's really easy to spell. T-A-Y, sweat. Mm-hmm. Tay Sweat. Go follow him on That's Instagram right. and we'll chat at you soon. We appreciate you, Tay. Thanks for having me, man. You bet. Have a good rest of the day, guys. Mm-hmm.